0: alexander the staying with him spins gets inside left handed off the glass oh what a sweet move giddy tough spot back door what a pass what a play and Jada picks the pocket of trey young he'll take it himself this is the dart you're listening to the uncontested
1: what is up and welcome to the uncontested podcast coming to you live september 24th It is a fine fine sunday we are brought to you by the blue wire podcast network i'm your host for the evening jacob niffin i've got jd with me tonight fellas got justin peabody hello
2: everybody
3: and taylor peterson is here fine sunday indeed to you wins Sooners win, Chiefs win, Travis Kelsey, and Taylor Swift are official. I mean, what a Sunday. or What
2: a weekend. (laughs) Are you personally invested in the Travis Kelsey-Taylor Swift relationship?
3: I am because it could potentially affect the uh, performance of my favorite team and my favorite tight end. Uh, This is true. Usually when...
2: Celebrity pop stars get involved with athletes, it, it ends well. It goes downhill. It
3: goes real downhill. Shout <laughs> Were out to you Taylor about to well?
2: say athletes? I, <laughs> I don't know what, what I was about to say.
3: <laughs> I mean, uh, it, obviously Taylor Swift is in the tight ends. We'll just leave it there. Hey. My God. Zing. <laughs> well, ready to that, make that joke for a while. <laughs> on
1: that note, quick announcement before we start the podcast. We want to let you guys know about a very cool event That is on the way here in just a couple of weeks. Actually, it's the day before Chet versus Wemby preseason basketball. My God. And that would be Thunder Fan Fest is coming up. Going to be an awesome event. Um, I know that JD and Justin and Taylor and I have been looking into it, talking about it. Uh, Justin will not be able to make it. Uh, I believe JD has some sort of family engagement, but Taylor and I will be there. Um, J.D. Justin, just real quick, some things you're, that you wish you could make it to FanFest for out of all the events that are going on.
4: I really want to see what's up with the uh, OKC Streetball Skills Challenge. I would have loved to uh, participate in that um, and see video of others participating in that. I think that'd be a lot of a lot of fun. It's a cool area they're going to be doing this in, and uh, on some of the courts, uh, I think they're doing some designs from local artists. I would love to see that also. Uh, so yeah, sad I'll be missing it, but hopefully, I see feel like video. Silva
2: secretly has like street ball skills, like (laughs) hidden white chocolate moves or something. White professor
3: or what was his name?
2: The professor. professor? Yeah. 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 What they call Uh, it. Good times. Yeah. I'm with you, Silva. The the court design aspect, I think is super cool. Um, Being a designer, obviously I'm going to nerd out on that. I'm excited to see what artists they get. They have brought in for that. Uh, Also food trucks, like food truck row, sign me up. Um, I love food trucks because you get a little bit of everything. I can get like uh Korean pork bowl and ice cream and tacos and pizza like all together. I Don't quote me on that. I have no idea what trucks are actually going to be there. But you get a little bit of everything. You get to taste some local flavor. So that'll be a lot of fun. Definitely. Also, the
1: first 1,000 fans at Fan Fest are getting a limited edition Thunder Hat made by Shop Good OKC. Solid. That's pretty dope. I'm going to try to be one of the first thousand people down there. That's for sure. Uh, The Thunder Entertainers, the drummers, the Thunder Girls, uh, the Raindrops, the dancers, all of them will be out. There'll be tons of stuff for little kids. They're going to have like inflatables and all these little stations. So it's a family-wide event. Again, this is on Sunday, October 8th from 5.30 to 8.30. So go check out Thunder Fan Fest. Then when you get home, turn on your YouTube page. Check out the uncontested live at 9 p.m. It'll be awesome. If you want to go, you got to register at nba.com/thunder/fanfest. We'll drop that in the pod description link and on the YouTube, but once again that is nba.com/thunder/fanfest Sunday, October 8th, 5:30 to 8:30. It's right outside Paycom. That website link will have all the information you need. But come hang out. It's going to be a good time. Get you fired up for season 16, boys. Nuts. At season thing. 16 right around the, the corner. Thunder, the Thunder are old enough to drive. Amazing. It'll get you fired up because the next day at Paycom is Thunder versus Wemby and the Spurs. Cannot wait. It's going to be a blast. You guys ready to talk some basketball? Yeah. yeah. Ready so not a lot of stuff out there like we're not going to discuss the dame trade the potential dame trade like every single podcast that talks about basketball has talked about the dame trade i don't want to talk about the dame trade i'm getting tired of Dame. i thought we would talk about a a lot of people are to the point where they're they're discussing when are the thunder going to make a trade like not to cut the roster down but to push the chips in when are they going to go get a guy I believe that everyone on this podcast has maybe a little bit of a different viewpoint of when slash if that will happen. But in order to make a trade, you got to have assets. Thunder have a ton. Now, JD and I were talking earlier today. We've done podcasts before. Every Thunder podcast has done a show where they rank the assets. Like, here's the most valuable thing they have to trade all the way down to the least valuable. So we didn't want to do that tonight. Instead, we are going to do a thunder asset battle. Dun, dun, dun. JD, do we have like some uh, Pokemon battle music that we can play in the background? Um
3: <laughs> really put them on the spot. We okay. can yeah. keep very using,
2: specific sound using
4: the old uh, the mystery sounder that sounds like we're being abducted by aliens. Um, you know, things <laughs> you, that you just nature. click it every five seconds. Yeah <laughs> just keep it on all... yeah, let's not do that. No. The way this works is super
1: simple. I am going to give you guys uh, this versus that. You tell me which of those two players' assets, whatever it is, has more value in the NBA if the Thunder were to make a trade with those two assets between now and the trade deadline. Okay, so we're not talking three years down the road. We're talking if they were to trade this or that right now what would fetch you more on the NBA's open market? Make
2: sense? Makes sense. Makes sense. Easy enough. i sure we'll you... overcomplicate it. One... Taylor's here, 100%. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I'm going to give you guys the that first one. That is what one. I'm
2: here for. You
1: can debate amongst yourselves, uh, argue pros and cons. I'm not going to go to each person individually. First one, which asset has more value,
2: Kason Wallace or Usman Jang? Coming out like, the gate with a heater. <laughs> that's uh, what we do on the Uncontested. That's what baby. we do. This this is an interesting question just because of the sample sizes, right? Like, rookies, you can sell all the hopium. Like, maybe there's a team that's super high on Kaysen and, like, really wanted them in the draft, right? Like, had them, had them high on their big board, really thought Kaysen was their dude and didn't get him, right? That can be very enticing. We haven't seen this guy play a second of NBA basketball. We, we don't know what he actually looks like. There's a lot of indicators that point to him being a solid NBA player, but we don't know. We do know that Ouse has shown a little bit. It's just a little bit, but he's shown it. And I think that, to me, makes him a slightly higher value trade asset. Um, but it, it's pretty close to a push for me. But I would say Ouse, because he's played NBA minutes, because we've seen him in Summer League, we've seen him against NBA professional competition, and he's so freaking young. That like that makes him pretty enticing if I were if I were scoping the trade market.
4: So there you go. Yeah. I, so I've been thinking about this one for quite a while since so since we put together the outline. And I've been I've I've flipped quite a while uh, has some
1: context weeks. Like
4: it's ago. been weeks. It's been weeks. <laughs> it's, like an hour and a half. it's been weeks. It's I've been, been thinking hour. about
3: this it's since the season ended. It's been it ended. maximum <laughs> two
4: hours. <laughs> oh, ultimately, I think I'm gonna fall in line with Justin. Uh I do think um. On paper, you could see that Kaysen is supposed to come in and be plug-and-play. He should be better right now, impact-wise, than Usman. Like You can make that argument for sure. Uh, But projecting upside, and and as a prospect, I do think Usman has a higher ceiling, and we've seen bits of that ceiling. Um, So, yeah, he's super exciting. He's been more... um, If you compare him to a guy like Poku, I think Usman has shown less uh, chaos. Uh, The things we want from Usman are like, tenacity and things like that. And I, I believe that can be coached in. So Usman's going to be my pick here
3: for trade value. So while I don't disagree with the choice that each of you made, I do disagree in the sense that it's close. This isn't close to me at all. Uh, when I've, I originally saw this one okay. here a couple hours ago, Ooh. Silva and Jacob put the outline together. It's Usman Jank by a mile.
0: Wow. the reason is, right. and again,
3: full disclaimer, I am not low on case and Wallace. I like case a lot. I think he'll be a solid player for this team. But if, for me and maybe I'm a little too biased and a little too thunder-lensed uh, maybe. given the past couple Don't of seasons <laughs> right during the <laughs> rebuild but I would 10 times out of 10 rather go for a 6'10 7 foot wingspan player who can do a little bit of everything uh, he grew up a point guard or a lead guard I should say that uh, grows into this this long length <laughs> lengthy body uh, shows a ton of versatility we've seen him improve defensively the big thing that needs to come around, he obviously has great court vision. The biggest thing that needs to come, to come around is, well, one, strength, but also uh, being able to shoot from outside. Regardless, I have a lot of high hopes for Usman, and I think that archetype of player not only fits so well in this modern NBA, but also like there's just so much more potential rather than a high-floor kind of player like Kason Wallace, who, again, I think will fit in great with this team moving forward, but like Us just has so much more upside. A player... The archetype of Us has so much more upside. So because of that, eleven times out of ten, I'm going with the Usman Jang type player rather than the Kason Wallace.
1: Justin, yeah, you mentioned the
3: age. Mm -hmm. What's the
1: age difference between these two guys?
2: (laughs) I was told there (laughs) would be no math. (laughs) Make a guess. Um, man, Kason is is he twenty? And Us is nineteen. Flip flop that. Really? What? Really? I didn't know that. No way. Usman was so 20. Basketball reference. May 21, 2023.
1: Kaysen Wallace. November 7, 2023.
2: Six months. Yeah. Wait, 2023?
1: Well, <laughs> 20, 2003. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> they are one, one
2: less than one year old. So That's fascinating. Use, Use I don't music. think... At his
1: yeah. draft age was younger, obviously. Right, but mm-hmm. um, I just thought that was interesting. Casey that is, is interesting. Younger.
2: Well, I what I know.
1: I thought he was twenty twenty one. Yeah,
4: I think I think because I see him as like an immediate impact guy, I assumed he was in my head. It's like, oh, he must be older yeah. in some way.
2: And I don't know. Uus just has like a baby face. That's you know? yeah, that's does. it for me. He just looks like that is looks young, and like yep. with his frame, it doesn't feel like he's like really kind of grown into his frame yet. Still kind of a Bambi out there, you know? Yeah, yeah. Still- Fascinating.
1: <laughs> All right. Next Thunder asset battle. Which guy has more trade value right now? Jalen Williams, Jay Will from Arkansas, Charge Master 5000, or
3: Alexei Pukashevsky? This one it actually comes back very dream is okay. Right. Right. <laughs> I. So again, like going back on the the comments I made on the previous one with Kaysen versus Usman Jang, personally, I still would take Poku because of all those same reasons. That being said, to Justin's point, when he mentioned like there's no really real sample size when you have these rookies who come in, with Poku, not a lot of sample size there either. Not as much sample size, I don't think. Maybe a little more negative sample size because he came in so raw when he's been injured. Compared to a Jay Will who came in, smaller sample size, but performed really well. Like just shows that he can be a solid backup big in the league. So like I think if you given all that into consideration, if those two are, are you know, if Sam Presley put each of those players on the on the trade block, I almost wonder if Jay Will maybe would have more uh, more value currently.
2: Interesting. I think it's Poku. I think teams when they're looking at the trade market, like Jay Will has done some nice stuff but uh, is it enough to like be like yes that's the guy i need on my team with the age with where they're at in their contracts like give me a swing poku's shown me enough to be a swing like i I, again i want to bet on potential give me the the poku potential whether or not it plays out like fine depends on what you pay for him i guess but j will just doesn't feel like he's moving the needle for any teams
4: I think I'm I'm gonna have to go with you. This one was close for me, also, but because we're discussing like trade assets, I think you do have to take the swing on Poku and see see where that ceiling actually is. So, some people in the chat are bringing up a good point. Poku
1: due for a new contract at the end of this year. That definitely really a affects the value. Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally.
2: Depending I think J will on the contract.
1: Yep, yep. Uh, although J will is on a second-round rookie contract, so it is up a little bit earlier. Um, mm, I think yeah. he's got two more years instead of three. Yep. yep, yep. So it's interesting. Oh, okay. I like it. Next one. I know which direction Silva's going. In. Let's, <laughs> I think Silva
2: has to start us off. Silva That's does have to start
1: us off here. Which asset would get more value on the open market right now, Kenrich Williams or Vasile mitchich uh,
4: I'm going to go with Kenrich Williams on this one. Um, I think... Uh, it's very valuable to have uh, wings that can play good defense, shoot threes, um, make passes off the dribble. Uh, Kenny offers all those things and is very valuable to this Thunder team in particular. And also, we talk about every single year how many playoff teams could use Kendrick Williams right now. A lot of them, and there's a reason for that. And uh, that's why I'm going with him. Mitchich is just an unknown, an unknown.
2: I think that's fair with Kendrick. Like we hear it all the time, right? They've acknowledged that like offers are coming in, calls are coming in for Kenny Hustle. And that's that's not nothing. Um similar yeah. to what I said about Jay Will, it's like Kenrich. I think could actually like move the needle a little bit for those teams that are kind of looking for that like last piece as they make a playoff push. But I'm going Mitchich. Rookie deal with what he's done in Europe like again, this is like based off today. In 3 yeah, months he yeah, could yeah. look like a total flop and that that changes the total conversation, but like give me the hopium, give me the swing. I think Mitchich coming into the NBA like who knows what that could be? You That could be a gold mine for somebody if they landed the the asset of Vasile mitchich I,
3: I like that, but I am going with Kenrich uh, and, and with Silva for some of the reasons you mentioned, Justin, just the fact that we heard rumors last trade deadline that Kenrich could have fetched an actual first round pick. Like there's first round pick offers again, not super high first round picks or, you know, probably highly protected regardless. That's pretty valuable. In regards to Mitchich, who I think if he could have pitched a first-round pick, I'm not sure he would be on this roster this season and probably would have been his rights would have been traded the last season. So for that reason alone, just due to this exercise, I'm going with Kenrich, but I agree. This is a really fun one to visit again this time next year.
1: I like it. That's good stuff. Next one. Which of these two has more value on the open market right now? Which is interesting considering one of them was on the open market 12 months ago. Aaron Wiggins. <laughs> Versus Isaiah Joe. Another tough one. It's really tough. Uh, it's I like guess, we chose these pairings for a reason wow, or something. Yeah. You, wow. You, you all and are, are for fairly decent years. at this. You guys are still surprised by the content I, I come up with.
3: <laughs> and Jacob was a teacher for even longer than that. Uh, shout out shout out to JD for helping with the content tonight. Hey, well done, fellas. <laughs> well done. I'm going to go ahead. I'll, I'll kick us off here. Uh, I'm going to say Isaiah Joe. Ooh, I understand Isaiah
1: Joe, who, like, got...
3: Cut last year yeah. from
1: the 76ers,
3: correct? And the reason One is again, crash. this isn't my opinion. This is uh, who I think has the most value based currently for this exercise. This is
2: quite literally your opinion. It's
3: <laughs> <laughs> my op- this is my preference. Ah, okay, okay, there it
4: is. That's <laughs> the right term. It's not from the heart, it's from the mind. Got it, understood.
3: <laughs> there, it- yes, thank you. That's a sounder, thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, we do need that sounder badly uh, for every segment of mine. Uh I'm gonna go ahead and say Isaiah Joe. I understand that Wiggins can do a little more and is that like three and D versatile wing that every team looks for, but teams want shooting in the NBA. And every time you listen to a national podcast, it almost makes me roll roll my eyes because I'm I don't necessarily see Isaiah Joe having a bigger role for this team this year but every time you listen to Zach Lowe or an athletic podcast, it's like, and they also have Isaiah Joe coming off the bench because he put up some big numbers and, and did some, uh, some big scoring games off the bench last season. So I think Isaiah Joe probably has the highest trade value, but I'm curious your all's thoughts as well.
2: Selva, you want to go? Yeah. (laughs) Nobody wants to go. I'm also
4: going to, I'm also going to have to choose between my, my heart and mind here. Uh, (laughs) Um, I would also have to pick Isaiah Joe. I think he does, this it, is kind of a uh, sell high situation and he offers a yeah. premium in the NBA and a, he, I mean, what did he shoot for most of the season? 43%, some some insane number like that. Um, yeah, I think a, a, every team in the NBA could use a guy like that on their team. And Wiggins is more of a jack of all trades, Kenneth Williams light type of player.
2: I don't think Wiggins value on the market matches what Wiggins value maybe to the Thunder is. Yeah, well, and that's even to to say, like, I don't know how high his value is on the Thunder transparently, but like the national scope of the NBA, like they they just haven't seen Wiggins in the way that Oklahoma said he has. Plus, you can't pass up shooters. Silva, you took the words out of my mouth of like, this is a sell high situation. Like if they wanted to move Joe, this is the time to do it, because like, can he do that again for another season? I don't know if he can. Then his trade value soars but it would not surprise me if that number comes down this next season. Um, But I think right now teams are teams will always take shooters.
1: Real quick, before we move on, Isaiah, Joe, Aaron Wiggins. What's the
3: difference in games played last season? Hmm. Oh, that's tough. Wiggins played quite a bit because I saw this fairly recently. Which, which of the two played
1: more games? I kind of want to say Isaiah, Joe. Isaiah Joe is correct. Do you know how many more games he played than Wiggins? Like, Let's say six, 12,
4: s- 10, split three. the difference. Split the d- three. three. 73 okay. to 70. Ooh, Minutes per wow. game. Do math again.
1: Minutes per game Joe 19.1, Wiggins 18.5. Hmm. Yeah. Three point percentage Joe 40.9, Wiggins 39.3. Interesting. Less attempts, though. I was going to say, how (laughs) many attempts? Much less attempts. Yep. Um, Still, that's a valuable player. 5.4 a game. Wiggins shot 1.7.
5: Yeah.
4: Okay. Uh,
1: The rebound numbers are close. The assist numbers are close. Um, Wiggins was much better from the field, 44%, compared to 51%. But that's just because Aaron is kind of, like, really good at finishing at the basket. Yep. He is really good cutter. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty interesting stuff. Next one. That is interesting. Which asset has more trade value on the open market right now? The 2026 Houston pick, which is protected one to four. If the if the Houston keeps the pick, all OKC gets is two seconds. Or the 2025 Philadelphia pick, protected one through six. It rolls over to the next year, protected one through four. Rolls over to the next year, protected one through four. So the Thunder have three chances to get a number one pick. So again, it's the 2026 Houston pick or the 2025 Philly pick.
4: Which has more value right now? This is scary. Uh, this is also it's a <laughs> difficult choice for me. Um, See, <laughs> this oh, one's easy for God. me. God, is it re- okay? Maybe you, Extremely. you guys. Extremely easy. First, okay. I don't. No, who is it? No, 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 Taylor.
3: Nope. Oh not Yeah, well, I, I feel bad because I kicked this off on the last one. Now, it easily yeah. for me, it's a 2025 Philly pick, and the reason for okay, that cool. is 2026. We're talking three years from now, right? Um, that is going to be a young, up-and-coming team. We love to talk about Houston rebuild versus Thunder rebuild, but the truth is, they have a lot of talent. They have a great head coach. That is a team who's really going to be gunning for it to make the Those playoffs. Are also, opinions.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> i think they will be more competitive at that point now philly is a big market they always could be competitive but you have all the turmoil with james harden right now and the whispers about joel Embiid. so that's only two seasons from now and two seasons from now if you're trying to do a rebuild after joel Embiid, like that could be a very valuable draft pick it may not be i don't know top like five per se, since this one is what I'm sorry, top seven. Cause this one's one through six protected, but it could be a top 15 draft pick. And that's two seasons from now. with the Thunder That'd be a lot of really, pick. really competitive. Okay. So I'm going very easily with Philly.
2: I tend to agree. And it's, it's all about trajectory. I think Houston in general, trending up Philadelphia in general, trending down. So in the next few years, if you follow that trajectory, like you said, Taylor, Philly could be in a rebuild. It's a gamble for sure on either of these teams, but I think Philly, because of that and because of what Jacob said where you get three chances potentially, I think that makes makes that one a little more valuable in my eyes.
4: I think I'm going to lean that route too. I, I think I was overthinking it and thinking like, okay, are they both going to be in the lottery? Don't let us
3: persuade you, Zola. And Come I was on. like, if
4: so, where could they be? But you're right <laughs> about Houston. Like there's, by 2026 they will have some, their talent will rise to the top at some point in and, theory and, in theory
3: top is generous but they will at the, least rise
4: the top on that <laughs> roster i should say right, um yeah yeah i yeah, know philly uh their 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 near future is looking a little bleak i think so yeah philly
1: interesting so all of you go the philly pick in 2025 next one which asset has more value right now Lou Dort or davis bertons plus The 2024 Utah pick, which is top 10 protected.
3: That's That's got some rollover as well. This one's more tough for me, for sure.
4: Uh, Oh, uh, I need to look up. You don't have salaries pulled up, do you, Jacob?
1: Uh, Dort is like 18 per. Yeah. And then Berton's this year is like 18 or 19. And then next year is a partial guarantee of five. Okay. And then, okay. Jacob,
3: what did you say mm-hmm. the 2024 Utah pick is protected? It doesn't have to be exact. It, it, it's and...
1: top 10 protected this year. I don't know what the rollovers are, though.
3: Perfect. I'm going to go with the Bertons
4: and, and and the Utah pick, I think, uh, mostly because of the expiring money on Bertons' deal um, and that pick being a sweetener. We don't know what that pick's going to be exactly. Could be Lotto, probably will be Lotto. Um, yeah, I think teams will value that all that expiring salary more than just Lou Dort, who... I don't know how many teams I would pick where Ludo would be a starter. That'd be an interesting exercise. Um, but yeah, yeah, Burton's for me.
3: And I'm, I'm not, it, this isn't my answer, but I, I do feel like this one's like close to a push. Um, I, I certainly wouldn't bet on it <laughs> if I were a betting man, which I am on occasion. <laughs> However, <laughs> hello, a little Taylor lore. <laughs> Burton's in the 2024 pick, that's an expiring salary, like Silva mentioned. It's a lower commitment. Plus, you have a very valuable pick in the near term. Like right now, in the vacuum, I think that probably is the correct answer. Still, Dort is a very valuable contract given what he signed for long term, uh, his contributions for a team, and also the potential salary cap continuing to
2: rise. So that is a really tough one, but I'm leaning with Silva. I agree. I think this is one that could change drastically this season potentially. Like, what if Davis Burton's can't play basketball at an NBA level this season. Like, yeah, we saw he looked solid in FIBA, but we know that doesn't always translate. Um, I think seeing how he, like, does he still have it? Can he still bring it? We know what Dort can provide on the court and teams could value that. I, I think it makes it interesting to see how it plays out this season. But as of right now, I'm going Burton's and the 24 Utah pick. All right. Too much agreement tonight. I don't like it. Where's Nick?
1: next one I had we had a hard time building this one what has more value on the open market right now Josh Giddy or the 2025 Miami pick which is lotto protected rolls over the next year unprotected plus the 2026 Clippers unprotected plus this year's 2024 Houston pick protected one through four plus this year's OKC pick. Jeez. <laughs> I Recap it real quick. Giddy or 2025 Miami, 2026 LA Clippers, 2024 Houston, 2024
3: OKC. Oh, that is for so, first of all, or I I think what this just shows is how, High Giddy's value may seem right. We went
1: four picks instead of three because they traded three for Oos on draft night. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. So I wanted to put, and that was pick eleven.
3: Josh was pick six, so we went with the four picks. That's good, good context because when when I think about like trading for like a superstar player, you usually see like three to four first round picks. Some of those are pick swaps, and like you see that here, and it's like who would trade that for Josh Giddy? But like in in reality, I. Again, that's that's well done by you two. (laughs) I think I'm still going the picks route just because of the tremendous upside that some of those picks, particularly the 26 LA Clippers pick uh, combined with each of like potentially two first rounders with Houston's uh, and OKC's 2024 first round picks. That's just so much upside, so much uh, currency. So what what we refer to with these draft picks in the league. That's not because I don't love Josh. Like, hey, this is very, very tough for me. What do you guys think?
2: I'm going picks. I wanted to disagree with Taylor, but it's the picks. <laughs> it's the picks. And for the sim- for similar reasons as to some of the players we were talking about earlier, it's it's hopium. You can sell the hope of those four first-round picks. Whether any of those, right? Like, say a team gets those four picks, there is a very real chance they draft no one better than Josh Giddy with all four of those picks. yeah. But there's a chance that you can convince yourself of that they get four players that are better than Josh yeah. Giddy, right? Like, yeah. in an ideal yeah. world, that's not a crazy scenario. Or even just four Josh Giddeys. Or <laughs> like, four Josh Giddeys. Or Sam like drafting for one get Josh that, Giddey and three rotation guys or something, right? Like, that's very real. It's hard to overstate, I think, the the enticement of picks because of, like, the unknown aspect of them. It's the reason they're the currency of the NBA.
4: JD. Yeah. Again, I wish I could disagree, but it's the more, the more I think about it. And we, the more we say it out loud four first round picks, it's a lot of hopium. You can reroute that hopium to another team that, that wants it and get whatever you want essentially for four firsts of this quality. Um, yeah. And we, we all love Josh and we think his upside is insanely high and far away from where he is now. And yeah, this is it. got to go with the picks.
2: I think the first round pick value got reset a little bit this year, too. With the new CBA. Yeah, because like last year, this doesn't even net you a Rudy Gobert, allegedly. So (laughs) that's a good point.
1: Justin, let me ask you this the 2025 Miami pick, lotto protected in 25, unprotected in 26. The 26 Clippers pick is unprotected. That Houston pick this year, one through five or one through four protected. The OKC pick this year, unprotected. Which of those four do you think has the most value? Ooh,
2: that's a fun question. I think the 26 Clippers pick. Like, Miami seems to avoid ever bottoming out uh, for the most Mm -hmm. part. Heat culture, baby. And then Houston, Oklahoma City. Like, those picks could be good, but they're not going to be that good. That Clippers pick, again, betting on hope, has the potential to be, like, really freaking good when it conveys.
1: I like it. Last one. Which asset has more value right now in a trade, Trey Man or Oladipo and two second round picks? I'm not getting specific on the second round picks. I'm not digging through all the second rounders. <laughs> oh come on! Uh,
3: <laughs> two hour podcast. Let's do it. Nobody well, wants to go. I feel like I've gone first, like on all of these. I feel bad.
4: I can, I can go, and I, and I would probably go with. Oladipo in the in the seconds uh, as much that's I still a do
2: great band name Oladipo in the Seconds. <laughs> oh, the depot in the Seconds. could be yes. his.
3: He,
4: he likes to sing. Right. Uh, ah, there it is. Exactly. Could be his band. Um, yeah, I, I like the seconds are increasing in value across the NBA, especially as the new CBA comes into comes into play, and that's just uh, another form currency. So yeah, you get Oladipo's expiring, uh, and and future assets. Yeah, that's what I'll go with.
2: I'm give me Trey, man, just to there spice things up. <laughs> um, give me Trey, man. I think he's, he's shown on film against NBA competition, like where his ceiling's at. Have we seen it consistently? Not so much, but let's, let's sell that to teams, right? Do you see what he did in the garden? Let's go get it. Like bring that to your team, that, that microwave scoring ability that he has. He just needs a little work to, you know, refine his game, but get him in your building, get him in your system. And he could be equal a great role player i was convincing justin he just Thank needs reps. it was he just needs, he just needs <laughs> hey, reps, You a know? uh, just... friend of all of
3: ours a uh, personal friend of all of ours as well as friend of the podcast matt clarkson who gave me a code to blue sky earlier today shout out matt, wow because <laughs> i had some technical difficulties with uh, x.com formerly formerly known as twitter he also says trey no one thinks depot is coming back and that's a fair point however i'm not thinking about uh Depot's potential impact on the floor. I'm thinking more so along the lines of the salary, and again, this is this exercise is in a vacuum, like currently, right? We aren't talking about long term, and so because of that, I'm also going with Silva and going with the Depot puts the two seconds because that is an asset. the The salary matching of Depot's contract plus two additional seconds that can get you a legitimate player rotation piece who can play for this team. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and side with Silva here. Thanks, Taylor. Got you, Silva. <laughs> I like it on everything like except it. the uh, rattlesnake corn dog. I I couldn't go there. Yeah, that was an interesting
2: thing. <laughs> I didn't realize when you sent that picture that it was like me too rattlesnake. Oh, it meat. was. Yeah, I it thought was. it was like
3: rattlesnake sauce or whatever. That's what that I, was I thought. On the like, top? Ooh, it was yes. spicy
2: ranch or something. It's and rattlesnake I got meat? up
3: there today. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. What? I I got to the I literally <laughs> I just ate wanted to go and get it for that same reason because I thought That's it was just disgusting. a corn dog with spicy sauce. I get there and I actually see the menu and talk to the guy. I'm like, oh my god, Silva is a madman. So oh, yeah, I took that picture. I slide. ate
4: what is essentially rattlesnake sausage. It was you know That's it just, wasn't. Ugh, I zero of just, ten. I thought I had just the whole snake or something underneath the corn dog, but no, it was more like rattlesnake sausage. <laughs> Silva slurping that snake down. <laughs> the. Fl- Got that the snake flavor. in Like the flavor was great, the consistency, <laughs> no. not good. Of the rattlesnake, they also corn. had no. gator. No.
3: They had alligator uh, corn dogs. Um, they had. I like, ate gator nachos. before I ate
2: rattlesnake. Oh, I've had yeah. fried
3: gator. It's great. Yeah. This is like gator sausage, and I just I couldn't get there. Couldn't get there. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Now for you the, all know. Uh,
2: the major aside. Now you all know. Silva, so, when we get in the poku picture.
4: You know, I'm soon. Working
2: so, coordinating it with my friends We
4: were, we were. Well, it's more of like a can I align everyone's schedule and how far do we want to go with it? You know what I mean? All the way is
2: the correct answer. That's the thing. I would like,
4: like to make it publicly known on the podcast that Justin still owes
1: me a uh, a one K run. OK, Listen. <laughs>
2: it was 101 degrees today
1: i get it i get it wait i'm waiting
2: for the weather to remember that it's fall i also don't think i own any of the items you requested that i (laughs) wear.
1: there's a goodwill somewhere in texas justin (laughs) Justin's not much of a cowboy justin (laughs) has to wear jorts and a denim jacket with no shirt underneath for boots
2: didn't you say boots yeah, if you
1: just go running shoes, I'll be happy.
2: Okay, good. Yeah, that that, that, that made my there. shins hurt just thinking about it. He's dressing <laughs> up as Kid Rock.
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> We're going to go to our first break of the night. On the other side, uh, we are going to rank rebuilding teams that are in the same tier as the OKC Thunder. We'll do that on this other side.
0: Stay with us.
5: Twice a week, J.J. Reddick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and The Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, you won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: And we are back. Gentlemen, I have thought as an extra for tonight, we could look at teams that are maybe not rebuilding. Some of them are rebuilding, but trying to work their way back up the standings. And I, again, I didn't want to rank them, just like I didn't want to rank the trade assets. So instead, we are going to go through a handful of teams. I think, Silva, we have seven, eight teams. Something like that. We have like seven or eight teams. And whenever we are done discussing the team, we'll discuss each team for five-ish minutes, maybe less. We're going to grade them on a hopium to copium scale. <laughs> I love this. It is a four-point scale. It is Silva, do you mind explaining the scale for the folks, please?
4: Of course. At the top of it, uh, in our very hopeful tier, we have uh, what we like to call our, our Kansas City Chiefs tier, uh, which is... You know exactly what to expect every season. And it is great.
3: <laughs> you know, you can expect this great for Taylor. We're on hopium. Yes. Uh, touchdowns, yeah. touchdowns, Super Bowl rings and, and uh, Taylor uh, Swift.
4: Taylor Swift. Exactly. <laughs> our next tier, uh, for our friend, Nick, we have our cautiously optimistic tier. And that's the Dallas Cowboys. So it's our Dallas Cowboys tier. Uh, every season they come in
3: now. Quick you know, disclaimer. They put these, uh, Jacob and uh, Silva put these together before today's game. That's the so. issue.
4: That's the issue at hand. Um, <laughs> sorry about that, Nick. Um, we have our not hopeful tier. Uh, that's the Minnesota Vikings. Every year is pain. I have nothing to look Silva's forward team. to. Sorry, I Silva. N- <laughs> I have nothing to look forward to unless we keep losing. But there is one tier below this. We are just at the bottom of copium. Not not much to look forward to at all. Just kind of screwed. And that is our Chelsea Football Club tier. <laughs> <laughs> um, spend I would 400- have said
3: the New York Jets. I you know yeah, works, I, I put us just a. T- light tier above the jets that that's yeah. fair
4: yeah chelsea spent a uh, 400 million or something on players very recently and can't win a game uh we got the Dominoes score goal against the bottom of the score bottom goal. we got the official domino's twitter account tweeting insults at our football yeah. team uh it's tough <laughs> domino <laughs>
3: sent us the uk domino twitter account sent strays to us incredible today. it was awful
1: Sean says, "What tier can I have as a Denver Broncos fan? Didn't they get seventy piece today? Yes, they did they get did. seventy piece today. Yeah, Sean, that's a they're... tier
3: below the Chelsea. Yeah. Uh... That's that's T E A R tier. That's tanking for <laughs> Caleb Williams tier. Oh. Uh, all right,
1: you guys understand the scale?
3: See, very fun. Yes. All right,
1: so we're gonna talk about a team, and then you're gonna put them in a tier. First team, the Detroit
3: Pistons.
0: First Motor thing we gotta talk City. about."
1: Is Cade and the health of Cade? How are you guys feeling about it?
4: I don't. I don't I'm a little. Seems nervous. like he's good
1: to go.
2: Like, do we think? He, do we think he plays a full season this year? <laughs> I don't know. I, he's young enough that it doesn't worry me yet. Right? Are, are you still as high on Cade as you were back during that draft? Yeah, totally. There's no reason not to be, and I think that unless it seems like it lingers this season or he re-injures himself this season or something pops up again, then you can start to be concerned. But like, it's not like he has like this long history of something happening. Like, I think he, he's going to be good to go. Injuries happen. It sucks. Probably delayed his progression a little bit. But like, I think you're going to see some stuff from, from Cade this season that reminds everybody why he went number one. Next thing we got to talk about the Pistons, Jaden Ivey. He's going to be off ball
1: whenever Cade comes back. I mean, they'll share some ball handling duties, but you got Jaden Ivey, you got other ball handlers on this team. Silva, how do you see that playing out?
4: I don't know how I see, it. I, I don't, I need to see it for a, a full season first, but what we've seen of, of Ivy in, in this most recent summer league was not super optimistic. I didn't, I thought he was really um, kind of ball hoggish almost like the usage rate was too high. And that's just, that's just not the role he's going to be playing next to Kate. So, I don't know. It's like if his shot is not falling, how does he fit in? It's it's a big question mark for me.
2: He was so bad at Summer League. Yeah. So bad that it made me angry.
4: The next
1: question. uh, Silva typed this in. Asar, what are you? (laughs) How does Asar fit into all of this?
3: It's interesting because I do think he actually fits into this Detroit team because, you know, quote unquote, coming into it, coming out of OTE, Overtime Elite, and into the league, he was kind of dubbed as the off ball more guard slash wing compared to the on bar uh, on ball a twin of his and i'm in but i still think he needs on ball reps to truly reach his full potential however with all that being said like watching how he performed in summer league just based off the same role i think that he will play with this team i was very very optimistic he's just uh, a winner based, yeah absolutely and extremely competitive and just extremely talented. And so even if he isn't in, like, quote-unquote, the best situation for him to continue to grow as a player like and reach his full potential, I don't know. I still think Asar is going to be just great, and um, and I think he'll finish just fine. I'd
1: almost play him at the
3: four, I think. Oh, I love it. Just that. get
1: weird. That's fun. Uh, they have every big in the history of existence, Justin. Yeah, Does that correct. mean anything to you? It's weird. Is that a problem? It, it's
2: not necessarily a problem at this point. Um, I think they're gonna have to shake some things out, right? Like they're doing a bit of roster exploration themselves. Oklahoma City hoards the guards. Detroit hoards the bigs. Maybe they make a little trade at some point in the middle and swap assets. There's have... no bigs on Detroit that I'd be interested in. Well, oh, I said maybe. <laughs> um, <laughs> I take a, ga- a, a low gamble on some, but yeah. Fair point. Anyway, uh, no, it doesn't concern me now. If this continues to be a trend like when they're actually competing for a title and there's 25 bigs in their clubhouse, then yeah, that's, that's an issue.
1: JD feelings on Monty Williams, new coach coming in. Lots of questions on if Troy Weaver is going to be the GM for much longer. If they continue to lose, they're in like year five of the rebuild. Now still only winning 20 games a year. How do you feel about them dropping an absolute bag to get Monty in there?
4: Uh, it feels like desperation to me. It feels like, um, yeah, the, the the front office there has had um, not the success that I necessarily would have expected. And specifically, not the like patience that I would have expected. That's the biggest thing, the lack of that and all these confusing moves with the bigs we just talked about. It feels like now, there's a lot of pressure on them. Yeah, it does feel like that. Making moves um,
1: for the just for the reason of making moves.
4: Yeah, so uh, yeah, it feels like they're trying to dig themselves out of a out of a hole in some way, which is is strange. So I I'm, we'll see if they succeed this year. It's going to be an odd one. I think. All right, Hopium to copium.
1: The Chiefs, the Cowboys, the Vikings, or Chelsea? <laughs> Where are you guys putting
4: this one? at? Uh, <laughs> I feel like they're more of a Dallas Cowboys situation. I don't think they're, you know, in the tank. Like if I was a fan of the Pistons, I'd be in the cautious, cautiously optimistic
3: tier with the Cowboys. That's what I was going to say, like not comparing them directly to the Cowboys, who are quote unquote like Super Bowl playoff hopefuls. But in terms of like the team or that the fandom, like you mentioned, Silva, just their optimism, cautiously optimistic feels like a, a good term there for the Detroit Pistons.
2: Sure. Let's go Cowboys. <laughs> um <laughs>
3: My my, Plano native is a little, uh, rightfully so a a little skeptical
2: I'm still (laughs) trying to reconcile cautiously optimistic and the Dallas Cowboys together. (laughs) Right. Um, uh, no, yeah, I think the, the, the descriptors that both Silva and Taylor put forth, I think those are accurate, right? There's some upside to look forward to in the future. They're not doom and gloom. Like some of the bottom tiers, like they, they have some stuff, some stuff cooking, it's a, a wait-and-see situation to see what it, what it actually turns into. I
1: love it. All right, these next ones we're going to try to go a little bit faster on just because if we keep this pace, we're going to give the folks a two-and-a-half-hour podcast.
2: <laughs> and speaking of pace... What's wrong
1: with that? Speaking oh, of pace, we got transition. the Indiana Pacers next. <laughs> Justin, I'm going to wow. off kind of the notes I have for the Pacers. You choose what you want to talk about, all right? Okay. Uh, we have Tyrese Halliburton, a star. love him. Ben Matherin and what his ceiling is. Jairus Walker's fit. Who the hell plays wing on this team? Is Miles Turner happy? And how is he only 27 years old? Are any of us really happy?
2: I'd like to jump right into the existential question at the end. <laughs> That'll help us save time. <laughs> um, <laughs> good Lord. Is life happy? With, I'll start with... Uh, <laughs> I'll start with Halley. <laughs> Halley's awesome. I think we got to see it in FIBA. Like, he looked real good in some of those games. He's You you can't help but have some hope when you have Halley on your team. He's freaking I think. awesome, dude. Do they have the right pieces around him is a good question. And I think some of the things you hit on definitely come into play. But, like, with Halley at the forefront, like, you're going to win quite a few games.
1: I love it. Silva, you get to take the next one. Halliburton's down, but we got Matherin, Jerris, Walker, who plays the wing and Miles Turner to talk about?
4: I kind of want to go Miles Turner because I think this is the first season he could truly be happy uh, in Indiana, not just in life in general. Um, <laughs> I think the team around him uh, fits his skill set really well. You got Jarvis next to him, I assume, or maybe an Obi Toppin. Forgot he got traded there. Um, you have Halliburton, so like Mathurin. I know. Um, yeah, no, I think he's in a great setting and they could like win more games than people expect. I think Miles Turner, you will be happy this year. Taylor,
1: oh, what bet. do you want to talk about? Uh, Miles Turner and Halliburton are off the board, but you can go Matherin, Jarrus Walker, or
3: who the hell plays the wing? Yeah, uh, I would personally choose Jarrus Walker, but I think I have to go Matherin. Somebody, I can't remember who which listener it was that called me out on this earlier in the offseason, but I said that Matherin was going to be the best wing, and I emphasized wing, because I thought he was going to be more of a big wing than a guard in the league uh, coming out of the draft, and I was very wrong. <laughs> he obviously is more Sleeping of a on- Sleep on J-Dub. On ball, 100%. <laughs> 100 percent he's obviously more of an on ball uh, guard uh kind of combo guard however i think he still has a very high ceiling and i'm just very interested in how they're able to play him and Halliburton alongside one another because i think that is a very big you mentioned ceiling here jacob and silva i think that's very big in unlocking the pacers ultimate ceiling so Matherin probably comes off the bench again as a six man But I think in order for them to be the best Pacers they can be this season, he's probably closing games in the starting lineup with Halliburton.
1: I like it. So on our Hopium to Copium scale, where do the Pacers land?
4: I kind of think I'd be be in the Kansas City Chiefs region. Like, just take a huge swing. And, like, it's kind of, I don't want to say a gravy season, but... I don't. I don't expect that their fans. I don't think there's fans are expecting disappointment. They're just they're free reign. Let's just see what this young team can do. Kind of a situation
3: with them. I disagree. But so as Sean mentions in the comments, you get Bruce Brown coming in. Like they yeah. they paid some big money for him. And oh, gosh, I'm going blank on the player they brought in from. Either you know, the was it the Sixers? Uh, Nang. Oh, oh they yeah, did, did they get Nang. Gorgeous Nang,
1: and they got um
3: the dude from Miami.
1: Yeah, uh, Max
4: Struess. Max
1: Struess. There it is. That's what I was actually Druse thinking about, both
3: of them. For that reason, I think this team is really pushing for the playoffs. So because of that, if they don't truly make the playoffs or if they just make the plan or if they lose in the first round, we'll be a little upset. I'm going more so cautiously optimistic Dallas
2: Cowboys. Everything you just described is the Dallas Cowboys. Making the playoffs, losing in the first round. That is trading for players <laughs> I hope Nick doesn't dead work. on. So I'm with you, Taylor, Dallas Cowboys.
1: I think this next team we can go pretty quickly on. I think I already know everyone's <laughs> answer. <laughs> the Charlotte Hornets. JD, Gross. I'm going to tell you our talking points. You get to choose what you want to talk about. LaMelo and how long till a trade request comes. The culture of the teams like Miles Bridges, Kai Jones, Book Knight, Brandon Miller, um, the, or the young talents which would really be Brandon Miller and I mean, LaMelo's in like year five now. He's not really young.
3: Nick Smith jr. But still.
4: Yeah.
1: So
3: uh, what do you want to talk about?
4: Um, this is probably going to shed some light on how I where I feel like they land on our scale, but I think I'd be most interested in talking about like, I guess LaMelo and when maybe he, what his future is there. And if they can flip him for us at, at some point or something like that. And, like when is new ownership actually coming in? That's a big thing. And maybe they can change some of this because if we, I mean, the net, the other, the only other point we have here because kind of culture and the team and the guys that are involved in uh, creating the culture there. And now that's a, a little rough to say the least. So, uh,
3: yeah, that's kind of where I land on them. Not,
4: not feeling great. Taylor.
3: Don't love Brandon Miller for this team. Um, I, I love Brandon Miller as a prospect still. I just think it's a very bad situation for him to develop in. And as you you all listed out, Miles Bridges, Kai Jones, Book Knight, like pretty bad situation for them as well. Uh, and so the thing I, I was going to mention, something that Sola kind of mentioned there as well, is just the new ownership. I think that is very important to monitor. And does that create a more positive culture? We talked so much about that with this Thunder team moving forward for the Hornets this season. That's, that's kind of the thing I'm monitoring and wanting to mention.
1: Justin, you got the culture question then. Can new ownership take care of the culture that bringing back a guy like M- Miles Bridges, having apparently Book Night waking up in his car with a gun in his hand, uh, Kai Jones being maybe the weirdest dude on the internet? <laughs> like, might that, be on
3: drugs. Like, legitimately. is that culture salvageable?
2: <laughs> Not as currently uh, constituted. And I worry that new ownership probably needs to like act sooner rather than later. If they actually want to change the culture. I'm there's a number of guys on that team. Many that you just mentioned that I don't think you can have around if you want to have a winning culture. I mean, at this point, like go get Kevin Porter jr. If that's what you're after he's fit yeah. right in. Don't no I'm not going to go
1: there. <laughs> I should, I <laughs> he thought, I about, it. Even thought it. about it. He thought about it. He and Miles Briggs anyway, have yeah. the same style of charges. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's, it's, it's awful. Maybe that leads to chemistry really on the
3: court.
4: Yeah. Stop. It's,
3: We're all going Chelsea really here, Yeah. Uh, yeah. It hurts that I mean, you. So.
4: That you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Next one. <laughs> um, I believe Taylor gets to kick us off here. Taylor, the Orlando Magic. Here are your talking points. You get to choose one. Upside of the bigs slash wings, specifically Franz and Paulo Banquero, How does everything fit together? Do they have a point guard? And how do you feel about the draft pick of Jet Howard? So you want to talk about
3: wings slash bigs, point guards, or Jet Howard? This is a more uh, fun and more optimistic one (laughs) compared to the last one. I'm going to go ahead and say point guard. Because they're very stacked uh, in all these areas, but really uh in the in the wing position. I think the point guard is the biggest question mark here. They draft Anthony Black, who I loved, loved, loved as a prospect for long time or of the uncontested. But like I, I almost wonder if you needed more of a he's a great playmaker, but he's also uh kind of a Josh Giddey archetype. And I wonder if you needed more of a combo guard who could score as well. So that's something to kind of keep an eye on. Um, you know, again, Suggs is somebody who I was pretty big on here a couple drafts ago, but has struggled. Fultz has really emerged. Uh, Cole Anthony's already been trade rumors already at this point of the offseason. So for all those reasons, I think the guard position there for the Magic is a big question mark. And like, how do that? How do they address that moving forward? Do they quote unquote push the button a little sooner? Uh, you know, heading into the trade deadline, or are they a little more patient with it? As I think they should be over the next couple of seasons.
2: I like it. Justin, which one do you want to take? The uh, similar thoughts, Taylor. <clears throat> I'll address the the fit. I think overall similar place to the Thunder, like I don't know that we're quite to the point of addressing fit. Like I think they're still in roster exploration phase to an extent. Like just bring interesting guys in and see what you have. And the more you get through your system the better and sort out fit over the next few years. I don't think the team they have now has to necessarily be like the perfectly, perfectly constructed team. It's just like finding cool guys that can fit in your rotation that bring interesting things to the table. Very similar to what the Thunder have been doing.
4: JD,
1: you want to talk about the wings for a second?
4: Slash bigs? Yeah, uh, that's, there's a ton of excitement for them there. And there's also a lot of... Uh, it's a little crowded, I would say. You have Wendell Carter, who's like an awesome... Big kind of an Al Horford type. You have Paolo, obviously, Franz, a bunch of just giant dudes. Um, fortunately, I mean, we'll see if I think Paolo's shot developing will really help things out there. Franz, I have no idea. I don't know where his ceiling is. He's like awesome. Um, yeah, that's where a lot of, that's where most of the excitement is for this team and the most of like what their fans can rally behind and know for sure will be good.
1: Yeah, it's looking good. Hopium to copium. Where are we ranking him? I feel pretty dang
4: hopeful about this one. Pretty,
3: yeah. maybe, even, maybe even. I, I was kind of thinking a, another Dallas Cowboys, cautiously optimistic, because they're not like a full-on playoff contender who are super confident, but uh, a lot of optimism for this team. I'm with Agreed. you.
1: Agreed. I put them right on the edge of Cowboys versus Chiefs.
2: Yeah. I think they kind of got
1: everything they need. They got assets to make moves <sighs> moving forward. They own all their own picks. Good point. I mean, they... They're in business. I think they're going to be a good team. They're going to be fun for years to come. Super fun. As long as they can keep it all together. Let's take a break. On the other side, we will go through some of these same types of teams, but in the Western Conference. We'll be right back. And we are back. Gentlemen, we are starting off with the Utah Jazz. Justin, some of our talking points. You get first pick. Is the Laurie Markkinen jump for real? Who is their lead guard? Is it Clarkson, Chris Dunn, Keontae George? What about the fit with the young core? They've got a lot of front court guys and Taylor Hendricks, Laurie Markkinen. They traded for John Collins. Is Walker Kessler actually good? is this team gunning for the playoffs? Are they going to rebuild slow and try to get their own pick that they owe the thunder this year? Which talking point do you want
2: to take? Let's talk Laurie. I think Laurie was a lot of fun last year. I don't think it lasts. And if it does last, I think they got to pull the plug. Like I don't, I think the jazz owe it to their long-term future to bottom out. Like they, they need to do that. Or they're going to get stuck in, in basketball purgatory. Like this team, they cannot run back what they did last year over and over and over and over without doing something more drastic. Uh, But I, I, I would be shocked if Laurie puts up the same kind of numbers this season, which I think makes it a interesting situation. Like, is it a, to some of the conversations we had earlier, like, is it a sell high type of situation? Or do they like really believe in Lari? I'd be I'd be surprised, but I I think you try to move him and get some assets and do again similar to what the Thunder did, and take take this thing to the studs. JD, which one do you want to talk about?
4: Uh, I guess I kind of we have a where is this franchise going section of here, and like just to kind of piggyback off of what Justin was saying, I don't really understand where they're going based on the moves they made. They traded for. Not to, I won't take over this portion of our talking points, but they traded for John Collins why, and they drafted Taylor Hendricks, True. and they already have Markin and they have Kessler. Like, how many of those guys can you play at the same time? I have no idea. Um, it's it's a little strange. Like Danny Ainge showed up there, and then they were like surprisingly good, and then they didn't commit to either direction last year and just kind of let it play out, kind of like the yep. Chris Paul year here. But the yep. Chris Paul year was felt a lot different. There were a lot of pieces that were very clearly going to be shipped
3: off. But sure. then he was traded, after, right? Like he was, he was traded, traded. after for Correct. assets. And I More think that's a, the issue here that both of you are getting at, mm-hmm. and I agree with wholeheartedly, is that you have to pick a direction in this day and age of the NBA and the Jazz think that they can just kind of play this middle game. And so I'll go ahead and take this last one here. Uh, who is their lead guard? And like I, I I just look at these names, Clarkson, Chris Dunn, Keontae George. Colin Sexton.
1: X. Is one that we didn't call in Collins.
3: yeah, yep, or maybe sorry, maybe more so a fit of young core like Taylor Hendricks, Markin, and John Collins, they all fit as well, and that kind of piggybacks more better off what Silva said. I think you have this mixture of players like you have the John Collins and you have the uh Jordan Clarksons who need that playing time, who deserve that playing time based off what they've shown previously, and that's going to make your team a little more competitive in the near term, but I think that's going to kind of hinder the development of the young guys like Keontae George and Taylor Hendricks. So I agree with everything that Silva and Justin said. You need to pick a direction. Hopium to copium, where do they land? Oh, man. feels like a lot of hopium, but there shouldn't be. And so
4: that's why I'm struggling, <laughs> trying to like pick this that's, one. So i I can do this one because it makes the most sense. The Vikings, my biggest issue with them is they never, ever, ever pick a direction. They're always weirdly in the
3: middle. They're a little below average, a little above average, and that feels. I exactly love that. Like and you got Justin here. Jefferson, and you have a quarterback right. that is a veteran quarterback, but but they need to like get Not an actual good. young, yeah. talented quarterback. Right. Yeah, I weird. love that. Let's go yeah. with that. One.
1: I would say Vikings as well.
2: Skull Jazz Pain. <laughs>
1: Skull Jazz. The Houston Rockets. Gross. JD, you get to kick us off. Some talking points. Who starts? What about the culture? Bringing in Ime. got Dylan Brooks. KPG still on KPG. KPJ still on the roster. Uh, the front office was very, very high on him. Kind of doubled down. There was reports out that this new Rockets front office wanted Kevin Porter Jr.'s Kevin Porter Jr. To basically be their heart in trade, which is just a wild phrase. Uh, did the free agent moves cap their ceiling? Are they pushing the button and putting a lid on what they can do?
4: How do they develop their young guys when you bring in all these vets? Where do you want to start, Silva? Uh probably how how do they develop the young guys thing? Because uh I finally like the young core they have there. I really, really like Amin Thompson and Cam Whitmore. Amin specifically is like one of the one of my favorite guys out of this last class. And I don't even I don't even think he's gonna start. Like I I don't think he's gonna start. Um, I don't think Cam Whitmore is going to start. It's going to be really weird. It's like, what was the point of getting all these awesome young players? To are you just are you just not going to play them now? Like, what what is the deal there? So uh, it's strange, and I don't know. I can imagine Fred VanVleet gonna... signed all that money just to come and not play, right? Right, exactly. right. So I'm super curious what their starting lineup is going to be. Honestly,
3: Taylor, what talking point do you want? I mean, I think that leads really well into like did free agency moves cap their ceiling and honestly that kind of ties into the next question as well but in, in case justin wants that one I, I won't tie it in here um like you mentioned like you have dylan brooks you have fredden fleet and how jack londale jack londale and like you, you still have young guys like the guys that you all mentioned thompson uh, Jalen Green, um, uh, Prince uh, Shangoon, Shangoon, and Jabari Shangoon will Smith play, Jr. and and Green will play with some of these guys. Jabari Smith Junior. will play with some of these guys, but there's still conflict there, right? And and I think this front office thought that they could just bring these guys in, it would elevate these young guys and like bring them into playoff contention because they want that money, but that's not necessarily the case. So again, that's something I'm really keeping an eye on. I I don't feel good good about.
2: Justin, I. I agree with everything you guys just said. I think the hardest part right now is how do you divide these minutes and feel good about it? And like kind of building off the, the who starts question, right? You have all this young talent that you obviously want to get minutes. And then you just dropped a Brinks truck for Fred Van Vliet and Dylan Brooks. It's like, they're going to have to get minutes. And I, I don't know if they're thinking about it, I was thinking about this the other day, like the rockets almost feel like they're trying to do the warriors, like two eras thing, but in reverse <laughs> of mm-hmm. just like, we yeah. had all these young guys, like let's just bring in the veterans and like get them exposed to that. I don't think it's going to work like they want it to work because if I'm that front office with all those young guys, I want them playing as much as possible. Does that mean I'm going to win a lot of games and make the playoffs? No, but it means those guys are going to get a lot of NBA experience very quickly compared to sitting on the bench and watching Fred Van Vliet and Dylan Brooks or playing alongside Fred Van Vliet and Dylan Brooks and taking a reduced role. Like I don't think either of those make me feel great if I'm a Rockets fan. And if they start
1: the vets and plan to play the young guys off the bench and the young guys come in and squander leads because that's what young guys do. Right. And then the vets are pissed because they're losing and, uh-huh. and playing an uphill battle and the young guys are getting a negative experience. I don't know yep. what they're doing. Yep. Well, I'll tell you what they're doing is their ownership told them, It's time to win. Sorry. Go spend the money.
3: Yep. We need And money. then you're
1: you're handcuffed. And so you're 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 not good and you're not developing to get good. You're just in the mud. This is very clearly a Vikings one to me. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. All right, our last, maybe second to last, West team. San Antonio Spurs. Taylor, you get to kick us off here. How long for Wemby to come online? Who is their young core? Guys like Keldon Johnson, Devin Vassell, Wemby, Sohan. How slow will they take the rebuild? Is Wemby really just going to play the four full-time? <laughs> I think that's that's the word he's playing the four. He's not gonna yeah, play five percent,
3: no, but one hundred percent. Uh when the low hanging fruit. I think that second question kind of answers itself because I, I think you guys know that with the young core. Although I would love them to sell an OKC if they somehow mm-hmm. I think that is a player I'd be willing to spend some assets on. That's a quick aside. How slow will they take the rebuild? And honestly, I think it will be slow. And the reason I say that is because they had every opportunity with the cap space they had this offseason. For example, to use the huge national narrative driven particularly by none other than the ringer's on Bill Simmons, why did a team like uh, San Antonio not you know, spend on uh, Austin Reeves when you have Wimbenyama? And the reason they didn't is because they want Wimbenyama to get more on-ball reps to continue to develop, kind of in contrast to the two teams we just talked about in the Rockets and the Jazz. Uh, and they're also going to hopefully Add more high upside players in upcoming drafts because they aren't going to be as good because they're young. Just like we've seen with the Thunder, we know all the the uh, you know all the connections there between the Spurs and the Thunder's front office, and I think because of that, they're going to take this slow.
2: I think the question of how long it takes Wimby to come online goes hand in hand with how slow they take this rebuild. It's I a good think point it's going to be a minute, right? He's got, he's going to have some flashes where he looks brilliant and you see the potential, but there's a long ways to go. Um, Based off summer league, which we know you can't really base anything off summer league, but like, there's a lot of work that needs to be done. And I think you, you slow play the timeline to fit. They are in no rush and they shouldn't be in a rush and they, they go as Wimby goes. So as he starts to develop, I think they can, again, continue to explore the rest of the roster, bring more guys in, find, like, what even are the right pieces around Wimby? Like, I don't think we know the answer to that. And I don't think you can know the answer to that until you kind of see what he can be in the NBA.
4: Yeah, I'm with I'm with both of you. And uh, I guess I can go for the young core one. This is kind of all one connected conversation with the Spurs. I don't think they should do this quickly. They need to see out of this young core that we listed, Kelton Johnson, Basil. Wemby, obviously, and Sohan. Outside of Wemby, like which of those guys are the most ideal fit? Like is Keldon Johnson really someone you want to like attach to Wemby forever? Um, I don't know. That's they're gonna figure it out slowly. It's gonna be a weird dynamic, similar to kind of where OKC is now, where the national media I think is gonna be like, when is Wemby gonna win? When's that gonna happen? What's the time? Why aren't they pushing chips in? This is a generational talent. When's it gonna happen? Um and yeah, they're gonna slow it down and truly evaluate all these guys with Wem- with Wemby. Like Sohan. To me, is like that's an ideal guy to pair next to Um, but so yeah, that makes sense. I have I've got to see it the rest though, of right? the roster. We gotta see yeah. it. We gotta right. see it. There's a lot to see still. Yeah.
1: Taylor, Justin, can we technically say we ate dinner with Kelden Johnson?
2: Yes. Yeah, he he was <laughs> yes, a table over. He was having a great time. He had a lot more tequila shots than we did. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. That <laughs> food was so good full Copium. family table too. Like he has Copium a full crew. For for the
1: Spurs. So where are we going? <laughs>
2: uh, oh, Kansas city chiefs. I mean, yeah, we, we one yeah, uh, right. yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You got, got Taylor deep. Swift.
3: Y- yes. Yeah. All right.
1: Before we get out of here, bonus one, I don't want your opinions. I want you to put yourself in the shoes, national NBA narrative, fans of other teams, NBA junkies in general, If I brought on 10 people who weren't just being trolls onto this podcast, Dan Favalli from three days ago. Um, Zach Lowe. Zach Lowe, uh, uh, the timeline guys from the Phoenix Suns, uh, whoever. And we brought on 10 guys and did this activity, but with the thunder on our Hopium to Copium list, where do you think they'd
3: rank, OKC? Chiefs. I like. I kind of think it's the Chiefs. I do too. And, and again, not making the correct the, the the direct parallel there to the Chiefs, who are like Super Bowl contenders. This team is not necessarily right, right now an NBA Finals contender, but, but in terms of the, the Hopium, we're talking
1: about the hope of it. Yeah,
3: right. I I, I would agree, especially based off just what we've seen nationally.
2: The the national narratives throughout people the are eating this team up right now. That's what yeah. I was going to say is if you did this exercise a year ago, I think it looks very different. Like the gap between where thunder fans would rank them and the national media would rank them. I think would be a lot wider based off what happened the end of last season, FIBA, everything that's gone down this off season. I think there's a lot of people that, that are riding the hopium for this thunder team that I, I'd be very surprised if it fell much lower than that top tier. I
1: agree. Makes me feel good. We're gonna have a fun season, guys.
4: Agreed.
2: And it
1: is is right around the corner.
4: Hey, you know what? Wasn't that fun? Was hearing uh, horrible situations in the NBA linked to some of my favorite sports teams. (laughs) 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 Uh,
3: Shout out the Vikings. Unfortunately. Well, Sylvie, you can
1: pump the outro music. We can we can start getting out of here. A week from tomorrow, October second, we have media day. So there's gonna be tons of content. Don't know yet if we're going to podcast next Sunday night as normal or next Monday night. So we can talk about all the media stuff uh, that might make a little more sense. So stay tuned for that. We will be here this coming Wednesday though. Do not forget thunder fan fest, October 8th. It's going to be a blast. Go to NBA. I got to get the website again. Yeah, 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 yeah. NBA.com slash thunder slash fan fest to reserve your spot. Get there. Be one of the first 1,000 people outside the Paycom Center to get your limited edition hat. Get some food. Do the skill challenge. Hang out. See the Thunder Entertainers. It's going to be a blast. Preseason right around the freaking corner. Two weeks away, we're going to be talking basketball. It's going to be awesome. Can't wait. If you guys aren't already, make sure to subscribe to The Uncontested wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. We'll be here with you guys for the whole season. It's going to be a blast. Have a great beginning of your week. We will talk to you guys Wednesday. Until then, as always, thunder up.